It's back, the Loftcast, after a summer of activity on and off the pitch. QPR are now looking forward to the 2018-19 campaign. We'll be speaking about the departure of Ian Holloway, the arrival of Steve McLaren, and we'll also be catching up with this man. Eze, oh, skips away from Catamol and finds Paul Smith, Eze! Yeah! Eze! Since you're looking bronze, tanned, fresh and ready for the new season, great to have you back and looking ahead to the season, which has come around incredibly quickly and a lot has gone on. And firstly, let's talk about, since the last Loftcast, of course, a managerial change, Ian Holloway leaving the club. Yeah, it's it's never nice when you see someone lose their job. And I think uh, the club and everyone at the club and myself have gone on record at Holly Gilman at a difficult time. And I think he did a good job with uh, what he had to work with. Very instrumental in bringing some of the youngsters through. But the club deemed it right to make that change. And uh, we're delighted that Steve McLaren's coming. Wealth of experience. You know, Speaking to people within the game. Fantastic coach. Loves to be on the grass. Um, and let's see if he can take us on, improve us, and develop some of these players that have gone undoubted talent. And you wonder how much of a, an impact in terms of the decision-making, how much of... The, the squad's age had an impact on that decision to bring in someone who's renowned for developing players. QPR have made no secret of the fact that they're looking to bring in young, unpolished gems, if you like, and then work with them to either progress with them, you know, hopefully one day back into the Premier League, or for those players to move on, the QPR to profit, and then be able to put money back into improving the squad. Going back to its roots as... As has been said, you look at your era, of course, the, the clubs that you all came from and went on to excel together at QPR in the Premier League. That's the ultimate aim once again, of course. But you do wonder how big an impact it had on the decision-making process that there is a young squad there for Steve McLaren to work with. I think that was a huge part of the, the decision progress. You know, I think uh, we've already said Ollie and Birch and his uh, coaching team were instrumental in sort of working with the youngsters and getting them to the fringes and getting them into the team. You know, you've only got to look at the likes of Paul Smith, Osman Kakai, Iberiese, Bright, Ilias Cheer, to name but a few, Donald Furlong, come on leaps and bounds over the last sort of six, seven months. So that's credit to the people that's involved. But yeah, the change has been made. And for, for everything that you've said there, I'm sure that was why the change was made for for someone like a Steve McLaren, um, who's got that history, if you like, of developing players. Um, and moving us forward so uh, we wish him luck as I said to you we've got some really talented youngsters um, the question now is can they progress can they dovetail into the side and can they move us forward and from your point of view you've seen Steve McCarran in action since he's taken over the role here at QPR what are your early impressions what excites you as I say, he's uh, he's got a wealth of experience. Uh, he is a fantastic coach. You speak to, I've even spoke to people who've played under him um, 15 years ago. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, I remember talking to him about his introduction to manager. Steve McLaren was very instrumental in that. So, um, so yeah, what I've seen him, I haven't seen a great deal because I had a little bit of a holiday, a little bit of a break myself, but what I've been there, hugely organised, mm. very thorough. Uh, you know the players go out. Everything's almost laid out to the to the to the inch, if you like. You know, so Steve and his coaching staff uh, work together. 
I know they're very excited. They see the potential in the squad and uh, they can't wait to get started. And I think what we've seen in pre-season, there's been a lot of work put into the players, been given a lot of information to take on board. But they seem to be doing that. Still work to be done yet. And they said that at the weekend after a... Um, what I thought was a good performance at the weekend and a, a good result. Results aren't important pre-season. Well, I say they're not important. They are, but they're not the be-all and end-all. You don't want to be going into your first game having lost your last pre-season game 3 or 4 nil, and vice versa. We won't really know where we are having beaten Berlin uh, until we go to Preston and have a look what happens up there. But uh, I can't wait. You know, We've had a summer away. We've had the World Cup. That keeps you going. Seen the euphoria around England, but this is the proper stuff. Also joining us on the Loftcast, equally bronzed, mm. Matt Webb. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Um, you look at the squad, and like we're saying, it's a, a very young squad. As a as a supporter, does that excite you? That sort of feeling of almost not knowing what to expect. It is a very young group, and how they will get on. Yeah, it's almost we head to Preston on Saturday, and it is a little bit of the unknown. It's how we're how we're going to do on Saturday. But we talked about a summer of change. It's been a real pre-season of change. I think. Steve McLaren's made it clear that he wants to control games, he wants to play football in the right way. I think if we look at how pre-season's gone, slowly but surely you, you've seen that the players are taking on board how how Steve wants to play. I think that from the last couple of games, Hoffenheim fixture, and, and certainly the, the game on Saturday against Union Berlin, we did seem to control the game for, for large spells and that is really encouraging. And I, su- I suppose what is also very encouraging and exciting is there's a clear strategy a clear game plan from Steve McLaren and how he wants his players to set up. And he spends a lot of time, it seems, working on them, understanding their exact roles. We'll speak to Abir Ayesi later on to get his thoughts on that, but it does seem very apparent. I can only hop back to when I was a player. I liked my sort of role to be, I wouldn't say simple, but you know, crystal clear, no, mm. no sort of grey area. So when I took the pitch on a Saturday... I knew exactly what it was, uh, what was expected of me. I knew exactly how the opposition were probably going to try and play. Obviously, you've got to be adaptable out there on the pitch, and that's as well as the coaches. That's up to the individual player. But uh, no, as I say, I've been I've been excited with what I've seen. Possession-based game. You know, once the player for the back, speaking to Wardy, the goalkeeping coach, there's more emphasis on the goalkeepers now to be able to play and you know almost become a a sweeper but with the feet and get attacks going he wants to play across the bat he wants the centre backs to to have the confidence and ability to play play through the thirds um, in the midfield he wants rotation he wants wingers to come inside so he wants that fluidity if you like but as I say there's also the other side of the game when you haven't got the ball uh, was evident against Union Berlin maybe it was because against Berlin he dropped Matty Smith quite deep and kept the team really really compact there was no big gaps there was probably at any stage no more than 20, 30 yards between your back four and your highest man, which was Matty Smith. That makes it really hard for the opposition to play through. It's when the game gets stretched and there's yards and distances between the lines, if you like, to cover. That's when you can get picked off against better sides. So, uh, yeah, he'll have a philosophy. He'll be adaptable. He'll have a couple of systems that he'll that he'll go to. Players will know that. So if he needs to change things, and also in football, you've got the fact that you've got the opposition trying to stop you doing what you want to do. And you've got to try and stop them what they're good at. And you mentioned the goalkeeper situation, of course. Alex Smithy's departing for Cardiff City and the Premier League. An opportunity for Matt Ingram and Joe Lumley. Looking at it, you guess that perhaps Matt Ingram might be getting the nod for Saturday's game up at Deepdale. But that's certainly a, a chance for, for both goalkeepers to catch Steve McLaren's eye over the, 
the coming weeks and months. Yeah, D, I mean, Matt's got the number one shirt, so that would probably indicate that he's going to start the season's number one. But yeah, I mean, they've obviously fought, fought it out this pre-season and Joe, Joe obviously went to went out on loan last season and has done really well. Matt, Matt has played over 100 games for Wickham and he's probably looking at it and thinking, well, really, this is my chance. Mm. I've, I've been waiting patiently behind Alex Smithies to, to be number one. So he'll be... Uh, if, if he is the number one, he'd be hoping to take that on and, and take it well. And in terms of players coming in, there's only one so far. Tony Leisner joining from Union Berlin. And it's a, he's a player that seems to have settled in very quickly. And certainly against his former club on Saturday here at Loftus Road, where we won 3-0, he looked very calm, very assured and very in control. First time I've seen him play in the flesh. I was really impressed with him. Um, you know, all of what you've said there, you know, first of all, I think he likes to defend, you know, good old fashioned defender, likes to get challenged, likes to get tight. But what I liked about him as well as that on Saturday, um, you know, was his organisation skills. He seemed to be pulling people around. I'm not 100% sure how fluent his English is yet, but that didn't stop him, you know, telling fullbacks where to be in certain areas, pulling people around, uh, gave good angles, um, you know, to receive the ball, look comfortable on the ball. So, First sort of signings is uh, that's going to be a real positive signing. Seb Polt as best mate, you know, I think Seb had a a good word about the club and the fans and the way we try and do things here. So we're we're delighted to have him. We wish him luck and uh, signs are promising. Okay, another significant development off the pitch, of course, is the recent settlement of the financial fair play fine. It was a it's been reported as a, a forty two million pound. Settlement. I think it's important to break that down. It's a £17 million fine that QPR have paid. QPR have also paid £3 million of EFL's legal costs. And on top of that, £22 million of loans owed to the owners by the club have been converted into equity by the owners. And that £22 million of loans converted into equity is actually good news for the club. It puts the club on a more solid financial footing. Um, so that puts us in a, a far stronger position going forward. But most crucially, the FFP issue has now been settled and the club can move on. Of course, the club is still limited, like every other club is, by the current FFP regulation, the uh, sustainability and profitability regulation. So they have to adhere to that like every other club. So while the owners are keen to invest, they can only invest what they are permitted to do so, which is £39 million over a three-year period, averaging £13 million a year, assuming we were to spend those three years in the championship. But it does allow us now to, to move on and that everyone knows exactly where the club is. I think some people have reported that the checkbook will now come out because this has been resolved. Well, that's not true because we have to adhere to current FFP rules. And others have reported, well, now the club is in a real financial predicament because of the, the money that needs to be paid back. The owners have made it very clear that these that these fines will be paid by the owners and it's separate to the club in that it not it doesn't become a part of the calculations for adhering to current FFP regulations. So it means the club can now just push forward and it's so important, isn't it, since that for the manager, for the players, for everyone at the club, including the fans, they now know exactly where they stand because there's always a bit of doom mongering about what the fine would be and the impact it would have on the club. Well, now everyone knows and we can just move on. I think it's um, 
I was going to use the word great. It's not great when you've got a big fine, but it's, I think it's good for everyone, as you said. You know, players, management, behind the scenes, fans. We know where we are. We know what we have to do. We will do it. Um, uh, the owners will do it, which is great. It shows their commitment. You know, um, they've openly said may have made mistakes, but they're here. They're not running away. They're going to stay with us. They're going to try and move us forward as best they can. So um, I think, yeah, it's now behind us. We can all move forward. There's still limitations that we're going to have to work within, and we have to, just like any club in the country. But I see it as a real, real positive, you know, and um, I'm sure the majority of people saw it that way. So uh, onwards and upwards now. And the club has certainly been looking to bring younger players in. And you look at some of the players that have been brought in, like Paul Smith. He came in, took time to settle, and now he's really kicked on. And another one, of course, is Abir Ayezi, who was released by Millwall, brought in to the club, has worked closely with Chris Ramsey, Paul Hall, Andy Impey over the couple of years that he was here, then went out on loan to Wickham and has come back. And he's really developed into an excellent player, hasn't he? Yeah, he's done really well. You know, he's been at the club a couple of years. I remember um, watching him play here in the 23s and he scored a hat-trick. Uh, I remember speaking to someone on the way home. Uh, said, I've seen a player today. Uh, they said, oh, where's he come from? So he's got released by Millwall. Take a little bit of time. But uh, he really excited me on that day. I spoke to Andy Envy up the training ground the day after. And he went, yeah, he's he's going he's gonna to go on. He's a little bit of fine-tuning, if you like, but that's what the development side of things is. He's got great coaches, in, or we've got great coaches in the club further down the, the sort of the spectrum at that sort of level. They've spent numerous amount of time and hours with him, you know, working him, polishing his game, um, and his talent's starting to come through. You know, I was really pleased that we were able to get him out to Wickham. You know, Gareth Ainsworth, again, someone I spoke to a few months ago, was raving about him while he was there, how good he was, how good he could be. Um, so he's gone out there, he's played proper football he, he's got the bit between his teeth he knew what it was like to play in front of big crowds play for points in a, a team that were going for a promotion you know, go to opposition places where the fans might not be very welcoming, if that's the right way to put it so I think that was a big part of his development and what it did for him um, as, as, as we've heard and as we, as we know it helped him to cement what he already thought about himself he suddenly thought you know what well, I can I can play at this level I can now go to QPR and if I get my chance I know I'm good enough to play there so he got his chance at the end of the season I think he excited everyone and he looks like he's taking that into pre-season everyone seems to be talking about him so let's to talk to him let's catch up now with Abire Ezi <laughs> Delighted to say we've been joined by QPR's new number 10, Abire Ezi. Abire, how does that sound, QPR's new number 10? Um, it's a bit surreal, to be fair. Um, didn't really expect it, but obviously grateful to get such a number. How did that come about that you got the 10 shirt? Um, so the first couple of pre-season games, I was wearing, I think, yeah, you know, twenty or twenty-four. One of those numbers, and and are they just numbers that are given to you? Yeah, just given to me. So against who's against Wimbledon? I was wearing number ten, and I was shocked. I was thinking, no <laughs> way, this can't be right. Then there's a chance. Lacking. I was thinking that it could be actually be a chance, but then luckily, um, who was it against Hoffenheim? I saw again my name. Does, I was thinking, yeah, I think I might have got it. So thank God. Does it mean a lot to you for the QPR fans? The number ten shirt is a big deal so as mm. a as a player like you say you're sort of half looking for it hoping to get it yeah. and suddenly 
you get told that you've got the number 10 shirt. Mm. It seems to mean a lot to you. Number 10's always been my favourite number, so... And all the all my favourite players have all wore it, so Ronaldinho, Messi, they're all the type of players I look up to and I see them and they're wearing 10, so... That's what I obviously aim for, and obviously the fact that I've got it, it does mean quite a lot. Did part of you think, this is putting extra pressure on me? Um, not really, not really. Um, I see this as just appreciation from those around me and people that, that they can put the trust in me to wear the number 10, which is obviously good and another confidence boost, really. The reaction on social media from the QPR fans is excellent. They, they were calling for you to get the 10 shirt as well. Mm. So when you're seeing those tweets come through on social media what does that mean to it's again it's just a nice feeling to see that there's people around who believe in me just as much as i believe in myself and they're just putting even more confidence into me and i can just by the way i play i feel more comfortable more confident to do whatever i want because i can i know that people are behind me and they're backing me which is good now people seem to think that you've almost burst onto the scene last year when you went to Wickham and it was like who, who is this player get mm. him back get him in the team yeah. but obviously there's a lot of work that's gone into it from you prior to that move to Wickham initially obviously you you were at Millwall firstly mm. left Millwall and, and came to QPR how has your journey been at QPR? Um, I think coming to QPR that season was probably the best decision I made because I ended up with coaches like Paul Hall, Andrew MP, Chris Ramsey, who their belief in me from the get-go was just something that I've never had before. And the, the confidence that they, and the freedom they allowed me to play with was something that I've never felt before. So it was easy for me to express myself and do things which I would have wanted to do elsewhere, but obviously couldn't. And obviously that just allowed me to shine, which is what I've been wanting to do for a long time. How, how did they help you develop your game to that next level um so there's a lot of individual programs with the under 23s there's a lot of individual stuff that they want you to work on specifically for you to get better and whilst you're working on that individual stuff it starts to come out in your games and you start to do it without even thinking about it which is something that you have to give credit to them because they're really on it with that type of stuff and this year during the pre-season because even when you you came back from Wickham and you were having half opportunities you were in and out on the yeah. side there was still that, that challenge for you to break into the first team yeah and now you look at pre-season and you mm. seem to be a, a major part of the new manager's plans which must give you a, a real sense of excitement yeah it's different obviously with um Ian Holloway I didn't obviously there were times when I was in out and that was difficult because as much as you want to play, it's not your decision whether you play or not. You just want you have to do what you have to do, whether you're coming on, whether you're starting. So at times that was difficult, but now I feel like I'm in a position where the belief is in me, and I know that people are trusting me to do certain things, and which is really that's just all I want really as a player. You spoke about the development in the 23s with the coaches and individual programs. How important was it for you and your career? to get out to Wickham um, oh. and play what many people would say proper football, you know, where mm. points are at stake, jobs are on the line, big mm. crowds are shouting at you, good or bad. How, yeah. how important was that for your next stage of your development? I'd say after coming to QPR, I think that's probably the next best decision because I was, at the start I was 
I'm an R in whether I should go or not. Cause I was thinking, I believe like I can play here, yeah. I can play here. But sometimes it takes you to go away from a situation, do well elsewhere for other people to realise that oh, okay, maybe you can do it. So going away was easily great. And did that sort of enhance what you already thought about yourself by going to Wickham and doing so well? Did that make you even more? confident that when you yeah. come back okay I've been there I can done it yeah it's a different level but mm. I know I can step up to the next level yeah that's all it that's all it was it was just a confidence boost to know that it's not just me thinking I can do it I believe that I can I'm seeing myself do it against as you said like serious football so yeah. which is just a big confidence boost entirely how much has Gareth Ainsworth helped you oh uh, crazy amounts he's again he's one of the managers that I could feel the belief, I could feel the trust that he had in me, that he didn't, he allowed me to do what I wanted to do within his system and again, that's just something I have to thank him for really. Did he speak to you about QPR? Um, he spoke to me about me coming back and he used to, again, he used to tell me all the time, like, listen, you can play there, we know you can go back, we know you can go back and do what, you can, what you're doing here, you can do it there, so just instilled a mad amount of belief in me, which is an again key to why I'm here now I guess and during this pre-season like I say you, you've been a, a major part of the plans throughout and I'd imagine players like fans are looking thinking is he in the, the team that's going to start and mm. trying to get a gauge from yeah. the manager how have you found at Stephen McCann because looking at it he seems to put a lot of work time and effort into players understanding their specific roles within a set team yes um, he's very you just learn so much. So in the few weeks that we've had, that I've had him, I've learned so much about myself and how to play the game, how to be smart in different situations. It's just put you in a com like complete different perspective to how to look at a game, which is again something that I've never really had before. So it's as a young player, it's good because you're always learning every day and you're always improving, which is important. And you must have got belief from how you played against Hoffenheim as well, a team that finished third in the Bundesliga. They're in the Champions League. They spent no. more than 20 million euros this summer alone on four players. Three mm. of them were playing in that game yeah. that you featured in it, and you did very well. That was obviously, again, for the whole team, it's just a big confidence boost to know that we can play so well against such a, a grand team and then to come back. And it's just, it's just amazing to know that we can actually do this against other people as well, which is important. And just a, a word on the, the players that you're playing with now. You must look around and it's almost like the youth team have all gone into the first team. There was <laughs> Everyone's a so pre-season tour in Portugal. You look <laughs> and there's a big table of youth players yes, suddenly in the first team. It's, it's crazy how it's turned up. But obviously the belief is in all of them, all of us, because we're all so young. And we, but we all know that we're hungry and we want to do well, which is the key. Does it help you guys when you've got your mates going through it all with you? That's a lot easier. So maybe last year you'd see there's quite a lot of older players and you're maybe the only one of two um, young players and it's quite hard. But whereas you're playing with literally your friends, mm. it's easy to rely on them and you know that they're, they're going to be there for you. And it's, yeah, it's a lot easier, I guess. And what's your target now for the upcoming season? We just want to do as well as we can, as well as we can. We may not be looked at as a team to do so well but we're going to push to do the best that we can possibly do and there's always speculation about players that are doing well but from your point of view I would imagine it's just a case of keeping your head down and, and playing well yes just honestly just have to keep my head down be 
narrow mind not narrow minded but single minded yes, single minded I know what I need to do and do it on the pitch really that's it do you ever get angry or wound up you just seem to have this <laughs> one pace whether you're on the pitch or off the pitch um, even on the pitch you seem to slow things down to your pace not really I try not to get angry I try just to be positive and happy as much as I can be that's it and looking forward to Preston yes it should be a good game I hope so anyway top man have a great season thank you very much good luck Abira. thank you <laughs> Great to hear them from Abire Ezi, a very relaxed, chilled character. And since I think what's important is, while he is certainly an exciting talent, he's a young talent and there's, there's going to be peaks and troughs like there are for any young player. Without a doubt, and I think that's where the, uh, the QPR fan base uh, can actually help him as well because while everyone's raving about him at the moment, and quite rightly so for what he did at the end of the season and his pre-season, He's only played 15, 16 games. He's very much into his infancy of his professional career. So he is going to uh, have peaks and troughs, as you say. He is going to make mistakes. But what I like about him, he wants to take on board um, the information he's being given. His um, responsibility from what he's putting on himself and from the management and the coaching team seems to have grown. You've only got to see he took the penalty at the weekend. You know, He's a 20-year-old lad saying... I want that. Shows you what his confidence is like. And they took a free kick in the first half. I think there was three or four round the ball and he very quickly got them away and said, I'm having this. I'm going to hit this. You like that? I, I, I love that. I love to see players taking responsibility and certainly for someone so young mm-hmm. um, to have that confidence. But um, so let's keep the feet on the ground with him. Uh, I'm really excited by what I see uh, from him and with him. But he's he's still a young lad. Let's give him the back him. Let's give him the support he's going to need and crave. And he's already said he works really really hard every day. And that's the key. That's the key. You know he's done nothing yet. I don't want to bang him down as such, but he's absolutely done nothing yet. He's he's learning his trade. But if he goes into work, he goes into the training ground every day, with a view to trying to improve every aspect of his game, working as hard as he possibly can in every aspect of his game. He's got a great chance. And Abir Ayezi is a player, Matt, that you went and did a, a feature on while he was on loan at Wickham last season. Mm. And um, certainly, even then, the, the Chairboys fans felt that he was a, a player with, with real potential. Yeah, we went down there um, towards the end of the year. They played, um, Wickham played Yeovil at home and was speaking to various fans and uh, saying, oh, don't take him back. He's been, he's been ve- so, so good for us. And actually funny enough the game was going on and um Sam Saunders Wickham midfielder uh, ex Brentford he, he was he, he was running down the touchline he said oh what are you guys doing so he explained and he said well how's this guy not in your first team I think it's clear to see there's talent there I think you know as you said since we're all trying to keep our feet on the ground but it's hard not to get excited and there is there is real excitement around a beer heading into the season and I think Steve McLaren has said that his message to the QPR fans, not regarding the Ayesi, but regarding the, the whole squad because there are so many youngsters in it. And, and his, that message to the fans is we need patience because, like we said a minute ago, there are going to be ups and downs as they are with every young player. And when it is squad with so many young players, you know, there are going to be those, those highs and those lows. And it's important that these youngsters do have that environment where they feel they can flourish and grow and learn. 
youngsters in particular, they need to know when they take the pitch, they've got the support of everyone. They've got the support of their teammates. They've got the support of the manager and the coaching staff. And certainly they've got the support of the fans, which uh, I think Loftus Road is one of the best places for that over the last sort of couple of seasons when I think the majority of people are seeing what we're doing, why we're doing it. Um, and I think they're really encouraged by it, you know, so... Uh, a little bit of a plea to the to the QPR fans. Keep that up. Stay with the players. Keep backing them. Give them your support. Give them your love. And I'm sure you'll see them flourish. So it all starts on Saturday up at Deepdale against Preston North End. Webby, what can we expect from the Lily Whites? What can we expect from the Lily Whites? Um, I think we saw last season that while they don't score many goals, they also don't concede many goals. Well, if, if we're going off of last season anyway, um, a, a, real, a really physical team, really hard-working team. You, you look at last season and you, you, you say that they are really unlucky not to not to make the playoffs. Um, so it'd be, a, it'd be a tough game. What what will we take? Oh, well, you look at it and think, well, hopefully we can get, we can. it's not a negative mindset. You can you think we go there and hopefully get at least a point. I think it'd be a difficult game and uh, fingers crossed we can we can start well. What are you expecting from them this season? Like Matt says, they narrowly missed out on the playoffs last season. They've got a manager in place who knows how to get promoted to the Premier League. We know how important that is, that experience from the manager. What do you think that we'll get from Preston this season? I think exactly what you got last year and probably more. I uh, read some comments he said last uh, week, uh, Alex Neil, uh, he thinks he's got a better squad than what he had last year. Um, you know he's he's added five or six to reinforce the squad. You know they finished seventh last year, just two points above. You know them and Millwall were probably the surprise. Uh, they've got some good players. You know um, they did ever so well when you think they lost their main man Jordan Hugel in the the January window. You know that didn't seem to disrupt them. Mm-hmm. Maguire came in and scored a lot of goals. So what you're going to get there? I think you're going to get them coming right in our face. I think they'll have probably watched. Um, us play pre-season they'll have seen Steve wants to play uh, a possession based game and play it from the back I think first game of the season home game I think Alex Neal is going to say get right in their faces and stop them so we might have to slightly adjust that we might have to go a little bit longer to start with because uh, what you don't want to do is play your own game but get caught in the first five minutes and you're mm. on the back foot that's the balancing act but what am I expecting I'm expecting a bloody hard game a really tough game and uh I say it's a difficult start, but uh, one I'm certainly be travelling up there Saturday morning, full of optimism. You know, every fan has optimism when the, the season starts. You, you're not quite sure what you're going to get. You're filled with optimism. You're filled with a little bit of apprehension as well. Uh, bit of nerves. You know, how good are we? Uh, how good are we going to be? Do we need this? Do we need that? Until we get seven or eight games into the season, we're not really, really going to know. But um, I say I'm looking forward to it. And as Matt alluded to, it's not a negative. First game of the season, stick something on the board. So we walk away with a point. Brilliant if we get three, even more brilliant. I think what I think you you pointed to Millwall and Preston doing well last season, full of players that want to prove that they can play at this level. I've looked at their transfer business, they've dipped into the lower leagues again. They've gone over to the League of Ireland. So similar to what we're trying to do here and bring, playing players that have something to prove, they they want to show that they can play in the championship and they want to show that they can play well. And uh, he'll be hoping, Alex Neil, that they can, but by, by going down that road, that they can, they can improve again this season. Well, fingers crossed we can get points on the board in the first game of the campaign up at Preston. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening to The Loftcast.